Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome in to another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. It's our first edition of the month of February. We've got a good show lined up for you. We're going to get you caught up on the latest with basketball, football, and recruiting. And we've got a special guest lined up for today. KU baseball coach Dan Fitzgerald joins us. There is a lot of excitement around the start of Jayhawk baseball season. And the first pitch is, gosh, just about two weeks away at this point. Before we get into that, though, I'm going to bring in my man on the men's basketball beat, Shay Wildeboer. Shay, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, man. It's, you know, February here. I think I read a stat last week, so I'm, I'm off on my days, man. My days are now just running right and left that we're about 50 days, so probably be 40, 45 days away from um, from Selection Sunday. So I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. You know, it's cool you mentioned Coach Fitz, and I know we want to get going, but, like, it's amazing to me how many cool guys they got up. You got Fitz. You got Coach Self, you got Coach Leipold, um, you know, you got the AD, Travis Gott. I mean, it's just amazing to me how many cool guys they got up there, um, you know, different spots in, the, in that athletic department. It's just all good guys, all down to earth, cool, just, you know, just when I see him, I'm like, man, you know, that's a cool guy. You know, it's 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 great, great point that you're making there, Shay. And Kirby has said that several times over in the Memorial Stadium slant suite, just talking about the quality of people that right. Travis Goff has brought in. And and with that, let me go ahead and bring in our man on the men on the football beach, John Kirby, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant. Kirby, just chime in on that. I mean, it this is you said the other day, you're not sure. I think you said you weren't sure if you've ever seen a time that Kansas athletics, that the entire athletic department, top to bottom, was functioning like it is right now. Yeah, no, I meant that. I And, you know, I've been pretty vocal that, you know, since Travis Goff got to KU, he hasn't had a raise or an extension yet, but everybody else Which is getting... Which is insane. Yeah, everybody else is getting raises and extensions, so I just, uh, I assume that's right around the corner for him. But no, it's just like Shea said, they've got some great coaches up there. You know, the guys... Uh, you know, I know Travis Goff's done a nice job with some hires, and, and I know people really liked it, like this new soccer coach, and 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 the people over in the track office are a lot of good coaches there. You know, mm-hmm. the men's program is currently ranked ninth in the nation in indoor track right now, and I mean, they just from top to bottom, like you said, I, I know somebody responded to me somewhere and said, "Well, back in two thousand and eight, you know they." They had a lot of success that year with the Orange Bowl winning the national championship. But I'm talking top to bottom. I mean oh, yeah. everything right now that that's going on up there, it's about as strong as I've ever seen it. And the health of the department's good and the culture's good. So, I mean, hey, a lot of good things going on with KU sports right now. And, and no Randy, I know they love John up there, but like here's like when I see uh, when I see Travis, like I'll see him after a game or like I remember at the national championship game, he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, I appreciate you guys being here. 
And to mm-hmm. me, you know, when you work in an environment, it's cool um, for me at least to know that you know that I'm welcome and that people view me in kind of that positive light. And it just it just makes my job. And I know Kerr feels the same. So much easier when people around you that are in those positions they like you and they take the time to say, "Hey, man, thanks for coming out here." I mean, it's just to me, it's just it's, it's just an environment that. Um, that just makes me feel complete. And it's not about me, but when I'm talking about here, it just makes me feel completely comfortable and want to be around those guys as much as I can. So it's, it's cool to see what's going on up there. I, you know, I just, I think they've all done amazing work and I know um, they've got a lot left to do. And and I think that's cool. You know, you talk about the environment, Shay, let's just go ahead and jump right into talking about Tuesday night's game against Oklahoma state without Kevin McCuller in you know, they they win by 29 in what was a pretty impressive environment itself. What was your takeaway from the Jayhawks' performance against Cowboys? Yeah, I think you've reached, Randy, you've reached a point in the season where, <clears throat> excuse me, when you face a, a, a team like Oklahoma State who's having a you know a down year, I think they were 9-11 and 11 when they entered the game, just one Big 12 win. I think you're, if you're a school like Kansas, you do exactly what Kansas did, even without Kevin, Kevin McCuller. It gave guys a chance to, you know, play some extended minutes. And the thing that I learned is like, Let's talk about on Marco Jackson. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day um, about this who hasn't necessarily met the expectations he faced coming in. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be one and done and and all that stuff and would come in and, you know, be a double-digit scorer and have a big-time impact. And it, it probably hasn't gone the way even he envisioned. But it's amazing to me, Randy, when you got a guy like Kevin McCuller out, you're not necessarily looking over your shoulder, um, maybe playing with a little bit more freedom, uh, maybe a little bit more confidence, knowing that you've got a little bit of, of a longer leash. You know, you hit some shots. Um, you know, you score in transition. You grab some rebounds. You you do some things and gain a little confidence. So, I, you know, I thought Kansas did exactly what Kansas was supposed to do. And the thing that I loved mo- more than anything, you know, I love it when Hunter's aggressive and he's on the glass and when, um, you know, Johnny Furphy's hitting shots. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen a dude finish in transition the way he does. I mean, he just has a knack for making plays, finishing in transition, playing through contact. The thing that I love is that Dewan Harris was aggressive. And we see what happens when Dewan Harris is aggressive. You were essentially missing 20 points out of the lineup. Um, and, you know, Dewan was 5 of 9, 2 of 3 from the field, 12 uh, points, um, I believe. You know, he's, he's never going to be a re- guy that rebounds the ball at a high clip, but he had three rebounds, seven assists, and one turnover. And, you know, when he's scoring and when he's getting guys involved in distributing the basketball, this is a completely different looking team. So I thought it was I thought it was good to see how Kansas would respond without their leading score on the on the court. Um, Gave some guys another opportunity to score. And, you know, seeing the walk ons like Michael and and uh, Wilder and some of those other guys get a chance. It's it's to me, it's like it's just cool to see how everybody kind of have success and everybody kind of come together in a game that you absolutely simply could not afford to lose. You know, it's it's interesting, Shay. You talk about Kevin McCuller, and and the million dollar question is: I know you were in Lawrence today. You were around the program. What is the latest on Mr. McCuller? Yeah, I asked I asked Coach today. I said, Hey, what's you know? Do you have an update? What's the status? They hadn't practiced yet, but you know, basically, he said, Hey, you guys, it's a bone bruise. <laughs> Excuse me. We kind of expected this. Give him a break, and and I think self anticipates him playing Saturday without any question. And I anticipate like I would never say there's any guarantees in life because things happen. Kansas is getting ready to host the number four ranked team in America at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday at three thirty. There's no way that Kevin McCullough is not playing mm. unless he doesn't play. But I mean, I just, <laughs> just I mean, yeah, right. But there's just no. I mean, listen, these, the, the, listen, by, by Kansas standards, and I know this is crazy because I believe Kansas is now what seventeen and 
17 and four and five and three in the league. And they're having somewhat of a, I don't want to say down year, but you know, they've dropped some games that they have, that they probably shouldn't have dropped. West Virginia comes to mind, obviously um, central Florida comes to mind. Obviously they have a chance to make a huge statement on Saturday, an enormous statement. And these are the type of games. And I I was talking to John the other day and I said, John, these are the games that bill self wins. These are the, this is the double fist in the air as the final buzzer, as the final seconds tick off the clock, bill self raises both hands uh, and, and, you know, double fisting. And th- these are the games that Kansas wins. And so I, and I'm not saying they're going to win, but I expect Kansas to be at Kevin McCuller might not be at full strength, but I expect Kansas to be at full strength when they take the court against Houston. There's, there's, I just can't see in any situation or any scenario where he doesn't play at least, at least where he doesn't at least give it a shot. Then how is this game playing out in your opinion? Oh God! You know, I'm just looking at these guys, man. They got three guys that average double digits and scores. These guys are athletic. These, you know, I watched them play Texas, man, and I just kept seeing these guys, not necessarily getting every rebound, but tipping the ball back to half court and getting second, third, fourth scoring opportunities. They average nearly 40 rebounds a game. I think 15 of those 40 rebounds are offensive rebounds. Um, you know, they got guys that get after it. They are a Kelvin Sampson coached team. And they can, and there's no doubt that they can absolutely come into Allen Fieldhouse and win. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I think obviously Kansas is going to have to be aggressive on the glass. You know, and, and this is something Coach talked about today too. You know, there was a period of time where uh, KJ Adams was stringing together double doubles, 10, 11, 12 rebounds per game, <clears throat> and he's he's been quiet on the glass lately. That cannot be the case Saturday. It's going to take a collective. Furphy's going to have to be aggressive on the glass. Hunter's going to have to be aggressive on the glass. Um, KJ Adams is going to have to be aggressive on the glass. They're going to have to get some. You know, this would be a perfect game for Nick Timberlake. And I'm going to say this now, and we can revisit this next week to come off the bench and hit three or four threes, add a couple of two point field goals, and really um, kind of get Kansas rolling. Because after after you know after this game, they go to Manhattan. On Big Monday. And then after Manhattan, they play host to Baylor. So this is a game where really they can kind of set themselves up for the rest of the season. And, and, and Coach Self said it today, you know, you win this game, you remain within arm's reach of the Big 12. You give yourself a really good chance after sitting at right now at 5-3. and three. You know, you give yourself a chance. You lose this game, you lose quite a bit of ground, and as Coach Self said, you'd have to pull a rabbit out of your hat. So I think, you know... Without saying it's a must-win, it's a must-win, I think. And again, as I said earlier, these are the games that historically over time, Bill, when Bill Self has been in his best, and I, I expect them to – I expect some guys to step up, man. I, I do. I think Nickel will have a game. You know, I think Johnny will continue to get better. You know, I think El Marco seeing some shots fall last week against Oklahoma State was huge for his confidence. I mean, he, he expected to come in, you guys, I think, and be a one-and-done, and it hasn't played out like that. Nick Timberlake picked, picked Kansas over North Carolina and Connecticut. I mean, this is a guy that over time has proven to be a player, and it's not for whatever reason it hasn't worked. So I, I, at some point you have to start putting the pieces together, and those pieces have to stick. And I think we're going to see some of that again on Sunday or Saturday after what we saw against Oklahoma State. Now, before I let you go, Shay, any any updates on the recruiting trail or, or info you can share with names you might be following right now? Yeah, so they've got – Kansas has got – and I've told you guys this. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this. Kaman Maluch. Um, a seven foot two, 235 pound center, class of 2024, originally from um, the NBA Academy Africa. Um, he's here in the States. He's taken visits, already been to Duke, I believe, late in January, January 20th. And he will be in Lawrence 
um, for the Baylor game. And it, but here's the thing, you guys. Before I know every Kansas fan sees seven two two thirty five, they get excited. I don't anticipate anything. He's going to go visit. I mean, he's got UCLA. He's got Kentucky. I mean, he's already been to Duke. I know Baylor wants to get him a visit. G League's going to be an option. Um, I don't think anything will be decided until they know for sure what Hunter Dickinson is going to do. And you guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. I think there's a strong possibility that he could return for another year. I believe that. So you'll have you could have Hunter, you could have Flory, and there's no way that they're going to add a third big man because there's just not enough there's not enough minutes to go around. So that that's certainly something to watch. But he will be here for the Baylor game. And Jason Senan, uh, a six foot five, 180 pound um, small forward from Vermont Academy. Um, and you guys, I'm telling you, number 11 ranked player can score, can defend, can rebound. I mean, does it all. Um, he is also scheduled to visit, but not until I believe March 4th. Um, so those are the guys, and I would anticipate, anticipate Randy as the season goes on that they'll try to get more guys in. But obviously, the big one is the big man coming in for the Baylor game next week, seven two two thirty five, um, and a guy that could uh, potentially. I mean, this is a guy that's potentially, uh, and I, I know we don't necessarily. When I say we rivals, doesn't rank international guys until they move in and find a home and, and all those things. When I say home, I mean school or figure out what they're doing. So I don't know if they'll be he'll be ranked, but this is a guy that has top three, top five potential. Um, and a guy that would be an extreme difference maker anywhere he goes. So, yep, visitor, first one's up is Baylor, and then March 4th, and I expect there to be some in between. No names yet, but I know the staff wants to get some guys in and um, kind of try to sell them, sell them on this electric atmosphere and um, the season they're having. That's our man Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Shea, thanks for dropping in this evening. All right, you guys, man, have a good night, and I'll see you soon. That's Shea Wildeboer. We appreciate him dropping in from the Allen Fieldhouse slant suite. Now we're going to shift gears, move over to the football side, bring in my man John Kirby. John, you know, we're a week from National Signing Day, and you said things have been slow for the recruiting current recruiting class. Anything you've been tracking? Anything Anything new? You know, Randy, not really, not for this new class. And I, and I touched on this in the last podcast, and I think we're just kind of – we're in this stage – where you've heard me say this and you've seen me post it on the message boards, no news is good news. That's kind of where mm-hmm. we're getting in right now. I mean, outside, if it's a 2025 commitment, like we've seen a couple of those, that's good news. But right now, I just, there's nothing much going on. It's slow. It is. I know, I know when you get on the message board, you see some of the, the topics are non football. Well, that's just where we are right now. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of past the portal window for those guys to get them in. So we're, we're looking at the late portal for the next editions. I think we're going to hear some things about the PWOs, uh, in this class on, I'm assuming there'll be some announced on Wednesday. I think they'll announce the portal class officially on Wednesday. And then Randy, I got to go back. I know all of the damage was done back in the, back in December in that signing period. That's where they really did a great job. And I'm just, I'm fine tuning the numbers. I'm going all the way back to 2001. That's when rivals, you know, was really the first to start ranking classes nationwide like that. I am certain this is going to be the best high school class ever signed since we've started it based on a star ranking, but I'll have all that firmed up for next time we talk. Wow. With, with the time being spent on the, the 2025 class, you know, have you heard anything looking ahead from the early stages about how maybe they think this might start off or, or, or just any insight you can share about it? Yeah, you know, they've got a couple nice commitments on the board already. All right, they have been all over the place 
especially locally here the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, Leipold was in and he was at Mill Valley and Aquinas and Blue Valley, Lee Summit North, who else? Oh, Blue Valley Northwest. I, there's five local guys right now that I believe all have offers. And that's where mm-hmm. Leipold hit. He hit those schools. So he gets one trip into a high school in January. And we, t- we talked about this last week, too. The rules have changed that now allow coaches to officially sit down and have conversations with recruits. So it's been big for him to come through. And then you've got the second wave of coaches who are coming through now without Leipold. So I know uh, Simpson, Ionello. Ionello's been on the road because they're still looking for the corners coach. So there's a... There's a vacant spot which allows him to be out. Uh, Chris Simpson's been in the area. Fuchs has been in the area. Uh, Grimes has been in the area. Zabrowski. So they've been hitting a lot of schools. I know Leipold today was at Goodland, and then I believe he headed to Colorado. He was there seeing Leak and Cure. And, you know, hey, we, we talked about this. The local thing, Randy, is still a work in progress. I mean, you, mm-hmm. can, you can go through a lot of these local kids and I just think there's still work to do. You know, I think they sit. I think they sit in good shape with Babalola. Um, so it's just going to be one of these things we have to wait for. Whatever reason, the recent success still hasn't turned a lot of the tide locally. So I know they're still putting in concerted effort on that, and they're selling the stadium renovations, and they're they're selling progress in the program. But locally here, you know, it's tough to you know, change that perception. It's kind of a wild how the kids who are highly rated outside of the area have no problem jumping in with KU. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. You got to keep working at it. Hey, I do want to mention junior day. They've got a nice looking junior day that, and I'll talk about this on the board some uh, against Houston this Saturday. I know Jackson Carpenter told me he's going to be in. He's a wide receiver out of uh, Nebraska. Uh, the he- maybe the headliner on the list was Chad Gasper. He's a running back, uh, four-star kid out of Texas. He just told me, though, he's now made the decision not to come. He did confirm he was coming. Um, Mason Woods out of Iowa. Juju Marks, we've talked about him a lot, four-star yeah. prospect out of Aquinas. He'll be there. Uh, Caden Snyder out of Salina Central will be there. And then, hey, a couple more local guys, Free State offensive lineman Jack Fuchs and Braden Wilms. So those guys, they're, they're good friends, and obviously Jack Fuchs is the son of KU offensive line coach Scott Fuchs. So, you know, hopefully Fuchs is uh, he's breaking the recruiting rules at home and telling his boy, <laughs> right? Hey, yeah. no, no such thing as a non-contact period when your dad's recruiting you. Um and then, also, nothing, nothing against inducements there either, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, Dad, I want some extra uh, Chipotle tonight. All right, let's go. Exactly. Hey, if it's going to get you in the fold, son, what's it going to take? What's <laughs> it going to take to get a commitment? You know. That's right. That's right. Uh, G- oh, Gianni McBride from North Kansas City. He just yeah. told he just told me right before the podcast he's going to be on. So you know that's the latest, Randy. I, I know we're. I know we're in that we're in this stage now that I don't I don't see a lot of fireworks for signing day. Okay, we've already had those. And then spring football is not going to start here until, you know, last year it started early. It started like late, very into February. This year I don't think it starts till the second week of March. So we're going to kind of hit a slow time here where basketball is going to have to carry us a little bit. You know, you talk about something needing to carry us. 
baseball season is right around the corner and this week gosh after being in the deep freeze for so long it's it's felt a lot more like baseball weather i'm going to turn this over to the studio line where john is joined by ku baseball coach dan fitzgerald right now we are joined by kansas head baseball coach dan fitzgerald who's getting ready to start his second season with the jayhawks Coach, I would ask you how you're doing, but I'm guessing with temperatures in the 40s and 50s and sun this week, you're doing a lot better than the last couple of weeks. Oh, I'm doing awesome. You're when you hit the nail on the head. You you, you become a part-time meteorologist when you <laughs> when you become a baseball coach, and so yeah, we're uh, we're certainly enjoying this weather, and, and we were able to get outside last weekend, so we're uh, we're in a good spot, man. You know, I wanted to ask you. It, now that things are probably getting settled and you've got your system going, how do you see the players and even your coaches now getting settled into what you want to do and what you expect? Yeah, John, you know, this, this year was, uh, has been very different than, than year one in that a lot of those foundational, you know, big cornerstone pieces are, are a year underway and uh, rock solid. And we had an entire year where, you know, we didn't necessarily have the final outcome of our season last year that we wanted, but we had so many things along the way that just solidified the core of who we are and what our program is going to be about. And we had guys that, that lived it out for a year. And then this new crop of players, I think, were able to watch that after committing to us. And then when they got on campus, I think, you know, the, the, the culture piece was there to where it was unmistakable. This is kind of how we do things around here. And that evolves and changes with different personalities. And, you know, it evolves as players get older and more mature. And, you know, so, and, and as players evolve and sometimes get less mature, you know, that it's the culture thing uh, is just constantly evolving. But when those cornerstone pieces are in place, it's the foundation doesn't shift. So I felt like this year we started – you know, way down the road, uh, we didn't start at the start line. We we started well underway of the race. So, uh, I staff so thankful to keep all those guys. I have, I have a star-studded coaching staff, and we were able to add some great pieces on on that side and uh, some great some great players that that jumped in right away. But yeah, we're in a different spot than we were a year ago for sure. You know, I knew you guys. It's before you know it, you're going to be out playing starting the season as you guys hit the early part of your schedule I mean are there some things you want to see you want to see out of your team what, what are you looking for you know I think the big one is just style of play I think you know, there's a certain way that winning baseball looks and feels and and runs and you know when you when you get our leadoff base runner on are you able to get him to third base with less than two outs and when you get him there are you able to you know, take advantage of a, a infield back one out and hit a, do you have the selflessness to give yourself up and hit a, you know, 13 hop ground ball, the shortstop to, to score a run? Are you okay? You know, that's not the sexiest thing in the scorebook, but do we have the humility and, and just kind of the team centered approach of, of playing fundamental baseball? And I, I tell the guys all the time, like the beauty of baseball is you know, the, the monotony of just, really awesome, fundamental, boring, do the right thing, choose it over and over, don't chase out of the zone, put your barrel on the ball, run the bases with efficiency. And and so that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I'll be looking for that today at practice. I'll be looking for that next week. And, you know, if I'm alive in five years, I'll be looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in a constant search for 
that the simplicity and the awesomeness of that inside of baseball. So we've got a pretty clear formula that we talk about with our guys of, Hey, this is how you win baseball games. And, and you know, I, I told me the other day, I said, you know, mediocre players think about the type of season they want to have. Okay. Players think about what kind of game they have and great players think about what they're going to do pitch to pitch. And so our hitters right now, it's just about, Hey, can you, can you take an OO strike and then have, a great approach 01 or can you take an O ball and have a great approach 10 and and likewise as a pitcher can you chuck one off the backstop and and immediately be back in the zone so that's that's all we're trying to do now simplify it and make it all about the moment you know coaches you look at the season in year 2 i mean are there any benchmarks out there goals that you say hey we want to do this and and i know that's kind of a broad question because you're saying hey we want to be probably better than we were last year we want to improve this but are, are there anything thing out there that you say guys this is what we want to do you know i'm terrible at this john and i i i think uh you know i i joked about this it it probably has hurt me in my career at times that i'm I'm tragically not creative. Like I've just, you know, the whole like Omaha challenge and right. Omaha t-shirts and, you know, I, I have, I don't have a Twitter account. Like I just, I'm just not, I'm not great at the, okay, here are the 55 goals we're going to have. I really have just an overarching deep desire to overachieve and to have us look back at the end of the season and say, we just, we just got more out of, we got more out of, uh, what we had than, than anyone in the country. So I think that the big answer is I just want us to overachieve. I want us to do more than, than what we you know think we are capable of. And, you know, what, what that means, I don't know. I, I, I really a long time ago kind of coached in a way that, you know, you just live and die with, with every game and just out of survival in this business, I think I got to a spot of, of really not getting past, uh, the day and, and really having a great, and, and honestly, John COVID kind of was so eye opening as a baseball coach, because I was a Dallas Baptist at the time we were 12 and four, we were a top 20 team, we were rolling and then it was gone. And I thought, you know, I, I, I have no regrets from that year in terms of, you know, time with the players and all that stuff. But we had, we had two really, really high draft picks that year that didn't get to experience the next year when we played the super regional. And, and I had this, thought in my mind of how would I have coached differently in that COVID year if I knew we were going to play 16 games. And, and, you know, you just, I don't know what the future holds. I, I think, you know, I think we're going to be able to practice today. And, and I really just try to get my brain locked in on that's the only thing we're really promised is today's practice and want to make the most of it. Cause you never know. I think of and not to get crazy deep, John, but I, I think of all the, all the coaches that I had, that impacted me. And it was never in the middle of a game where they said something that changed my life. It was always on a monotonous random Monday in January uh, that you learn something you take away. So I, I really benchmarks. I'm going to work on being more creative this year. So let's talk <laughs> here you. and see if I've gotten more creative with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, boy, those are some, that Dallas Baptist, there's some great teams that came out of there for several years. Still are. Um, no doubt. No doubt. You know, I was going to shift over a little bit to recruiting and just, I know you guys, high school recruiting in this day and age, it's got to start when these kids are almost like sophomores. So, I mean, there's probably a class or two where you guys technically 
are behind in high school recruiting, but is that something you're really trying to get back on track here in the future? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The, the rules have changed to when we can actually contact kids and, oh, yeah. and get involved in there. And, and, and that's good. I think all those things are good. You know, I spent uh, at LSU, things were, we were so early and I was, you know, talking to kids who were, you know, eighth graders, ninth graders, and, and really, you know, just so, so far ahead of the game age wise. And, uh, but to put it into perspective, so I, I get to LSU in the summer of 21 and felt like at that point it was a sprint for the 24 class. So, you know, the 24 class, those guys are seniors right now. And so the end of the 21 summer is when, you know, I was the first part of the 21 summer, I was, I was heavy on the 24s and then the rest of it, it was 25s to 26s. So, you know, we get the job here the summer of 22, we had missed the 23s. We had missed the 24s. Right. I feel like we're in, we were able to have somewhat of a fresh start on the 25s, certainly the 26s. The, the problem is, is that when you start projecting out, you know, a, a ninth grader and, and, you know, maybe this is a, I don't have, I don't have many signs of patience in my life, but I do in recruiting of where getting never, it's never about missing on a kid. It's, it's usually about, you know, getting the one that isn't a fit that affects the clubhouse. So I protect that culture and, and we as a coaching staff protect that culture so well and so intentionally that, you know, even the 25s and 26s, like we're in the mix there. We're, we're on those guys. We're grinding it out. But, you know, there's also a, a patience aspect to, you know, let's just make sure we get the right guys. And, and I think across the board, the trend in recruiting right now is, is not just coaches being more patient, but also I think families are, you know, I think they're seeing that, you know, the, there are thousands of kids in the portal every year. And I think families are starting to say, uh, you know, let's, let's make sure we're doing this right. So we don't become uh, another family in the portal. You know, I wanted to ask you, you guys have had some success here. You've had success with transfers. You've had success with junior college guys. What are you, what are you doing to sell KU and how do you sell KU? Cause obviously you guys are doing it right. Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of KU is that there's there's not a whole lot of sales that needs to happen for a couple reasons. One, the Jayhawk is so so recognized, and you can't, you know, you flip on a uh, anyone flips on the TV tomorrow night, you know, and and sees our basketball team like unmistakable that it's Allen Fieldhouse, and the Jayhawk is such a brand and such a institution in itself that uh, that that travels everywhere. So we can call a kid in any corner of the country and, and they're going to know who Kansas is. And then once you get kind of behind the veil, if you will, you start to see that, gosh, man, the, the foundational pieces of, of the University of Kansas are so amazing. It's, it's a world-class academic institution. It's an incredible place. If you want to be an engineer, it's an incredible place. If you want to be in a fraternity, it's an incredible place. If you want to be a basketball fan, a football fan, uh, uh, any major you want. And then ultimately I looked at it in, in the, when I was, you know, when this job opened up saying, gosh, all the foundational pieces are there. I, I think that we can go in there and, and, and really just present, hey, this is this is what Kansas is, and here's where we're going as a baseball program. And so we found that all those 
outside pieces, the, the student athlete experience, the social, the academic, the, the every experience is phenomenal. And I think people just needed to see, hey, there's a plan for where we're going in baseball. And there's a, a support in a, an administration that's behind it. And they're serious about winning. And they've allowed us to bring in a staff that, that really cares about it. So I think the sales piece has been more of, hey, this is where you fit in. Because I think once you get on campus, it's impossible to, to walk around this campus and interact with people and not not walk away and have the entire family, mom, dad, player, girlfriend, brother, sister, cousin, grandparent, whoever's on the visit, walk away saying, hey, this place is really special. So, Coach, i got to tell you this, and, and we'll wrap up here, but we, we've got a message board, and we've got you know a couple thousand subscribers to our site and other people who are registered and it right after football got over and I want to tell you this story that all of a sudden there were posts on our message board about hey guys football's over basketball's getting started but let's talk KU baseball and and there are people there are people who are following the program there are people who are excited about Kansas baseball so I wanted to get you on because I think uh I think everybody would love to just hear you and hear what you had to say and and hopefully people can get out to the ballpark and watch a game this year no that'd be fantastic and and you know we're an open book you know I I had um someone asked me the other day about you know is practice closed or whatever and I said heck no we we are we are transparent wide open and and you know, we need that engagement. We need fans. Uh, we need support. We need we need a home field advantage. And you know, it's, it's last fall. Our we played you know two fall games. You know, two you know this past fall, but also the fall before. And we played Nebraska here. And I remember looking up about halfway through the game and just thought, gosh, it's there's there aren't too many empty seats up there. And then we had a couple times in the spring where, you know, you look up and and just pocket after pocket of, of, of groups at the game and some fraternities and you know, the football team out and, you know, different sports teams and, and whatnot. And it really, it really makes a difference. And so we really want to connect with, with all the Jayhawk fans and all of our Jayhawk faithful. Cause you know, the, you can't, you can't go to a game at Allen Fieldhouse. You can't go to a football game right now. You really can't go to anything KU and not feel, uh, feel that winning culture and, and feel kind of that, that extra person on the court right now that we have in basketball or that extra player that we have on the field right now in football. And that, that those are the fans and we need it. Well, coach, thank you very much. I know Mondays are crazy for you and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and definitely look forward to following the team and getting you back on in the future. Oh, John, thank you, man. Honored to be on and, and uh, so, so fired up about this year and excited. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's a Monday and we're, we're less than three weeks away, so uh, but more than more than happy to always take the time with you. I'm a big fan, John. Kirby, he's an impressive guy, and there are some expectations maybe for the first time in quite a while surrounding the Kansas baseball program. I know when we we were talking off the air, you you said you really like Fitzgerald and and where he's got this program headed right now. Absolutely, Randy. I mean, I like the direction, and you know, I I hear a lot. I, I'm close with a lot of the top baseball guys in the area, some of the guys that run academies and they've Mm -hmm. had interactions with them. And I've talked to a couple coaches who've actually, you know, met and talked with the recruiting coordinator, John Coyne and, and what Fitzgerald and his staff are doing. I'm telling you, this is going in the right direction. You know, a long time ago, 
when KU needed to turn baseball around, they brought in Dave Bingham back in 87. And I knew mm-hmm. Dave because Dave recruited me. And and he had actually, when he was at Emporia State, he had offered me a scholarship at Emporia State. And, you know, it came in and it took him time. And when you come into a program, it's not easy to turn these things around. But I, I see there's a lot of similarities I see with what I believe is going on with baseball that started with football and Lance Leipold. I see a lot of parallels between the two. And it's funny, we're talking about local recruiting. I mean, you look at locally here, there are some really good high school baseball players. But when you look down the list, guys are going to Vanderbilt. Guys are going to Arkansas. Guys are going to Tennessee. You know, that SEC is so hard to overcome locally here. But I think I think Fitzgerald and these guys, I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to change the culture and the perception of the program. Uh, like I said, people locally uh, like what they're doing. And, hey, here's the bottom line. People need to get out to the ballpark and support mm-hmm. these guys. I, I, I yep. know when, when you get on the message board – uh, there's a lot more discussion now about Kansas baseball. The guys who follow it seem upbeat. Uh, when you look at the transfer classes and the and the JUCO classes, like you just heard from Coach Fitzgerald in, in his interview there, they've been rated in the top ten by, by many services. So you know people need to get out and get the weather nice, go out and watch some baseball. It, it's a good good time to go out there and see it. And I got to say this too. If you haven't been on the official site, he does the they do these ninety feet segments, and then he does some other interviews uh, that they post on there. It's good stuff. People got to go check that out. That is the final word for man, John Kirby, and that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We heard from Shea Wildeboer. We talked about the win for the men's basketball program over Oklahoma State and previewed a huge matchup with Houston coming up this Saturday. We also gave you some new recruiting names to follow from the recruiting trail. Kirby and I talked about some Kansas football, previewed National Signing Day, and we were joined by Dan Fitzgerald, the Kansas baseball coach who is excited for what he's got coming in this year. Former man Shea Wildeboer, from a man John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. 